the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KYCR Golden Valley. We think that listening with our app is a great investment of your time. Download it free today. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden hailed a rare example of bipartisan cooperation last night in his first primetime address from the Oval Office, praising the cooperation that took place on the debt limit bill, which he plans to sign today. I want to commend Senator Speaker McCarthy. You know, uh, he and I, uh, we uh, and our teams, we were able to get along, get things done. We were straightforward with one another. And the president again set to sign that bill later today. A great day for investors on Friday. A solid jobs report and a debt deal lifted Wall Street as the Dow rallied 701 points, or 2.1 percent. As for the Nasdaq, that was up just over 1 percent, and the S&P 500 jumped 1.5 percent. The strong jobs report suggested a recession may not be as close as Wall Street had feared. And that is report for correspondent Shelley Adler. This is SRN News. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Hi, this is Tim Oberg from the Kingdom Builders. You know, every Minnesota summer brings with it many unpredictable weather events, especially hailstorms. Because a metal roof can be double the cost or more of an asphalt shingle roof, we can offer you a better option at a fraction of the cost. Class 4 rated shingles are tested to a standard that simulates impact from 2-inch hailstones. They can withstand this because they have a different polymer-modified asphalt base which is simply designed to be more hail-resistant. And it's not that much more expensive. Since it only involves a different shingle and ridge cap, all the other roof components are the same as normal. Many insurance companies also will give you a discount on your premiums with a Class 4 roof. If you already have a roof damage claim, we can show you how little it costs to upgrade your claim to a Class 4 shingle for your new roof. Ask us about it when we stop by. Just call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or go to thekingdombuilders.com. We'll be happy to show you your best options. C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Yes! 
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440, on a job Saturday. Welcome. Yes, we did uh, actually pre-record this for you, but we wanted to make sure you had the latest information, so we did it We did it late on Friday to do it, to make sure you know about the jobs report. Because it is. It's Job Saturday here on the King Banyan Show, so thank you for listening and taking time on what uh, promises to be a pretty good, warm weekend for us here in Minnesota. It's the first weekend of June. Uh, and and I think now we can say summer is officially here. Uh, along with that, the jobs report, which showed uh, a lot of headline news that was like, wow. And then a lot of things underneath where people are really divided about how they're reading reading this report. And so we can go in two different directions with this. We could say this is a fantastic piece. This is... This is a sign that the economy is raging on and and everything's going hunky-dory. Or we could portray this as, boy, some really weird things happening. I mean, you could have just taken the two headline numbers and you got two different stories. The yay number is payroll employment, up 339,000 in May, along with revisions to the payroll number uh, that were, went uh up 52,000 in March, up to 217,000 from 165. And the April number revised up by 41,000 from 253 to 294. So not only do we get the, the headline of 339,000 jobs in May, we also get the, the additional 93,000 jobs in the revisions. I know people are going to read this, into this something to say, oh, you know what, they must be playing games with the numbers. There's There's... There's something not there to be trusted. Numbers get revised. We'll talk a little bit more about those revisions in a bit. But that's the yay number. The, the whoa, wait, what number? Was, in fact, the, the unemployment rate, which went up by three-tenths of a percent. That's right. Three-tenths of a percent, the unemployment rate rose. And the question for you then is, well, what caused that? And I want to dig into that number a little bit because... I'm going to lean on the side of this is probably a more positive than negative report. There are negative things happening, but the thing that raised the unemployment rate, at least as I can see it, is something that you typically associate with a strong economy and not a weak one. So that's the headline that I'm going to leave you with right up front is we think the jobs report was on balance positive, not negative even though there are a number of people out there able to find things that are negative. We're going to highlight those uh, through, the next, through the next hour or so here on the King Banyan Show. Um, it, so let's start, let's start right at the beginning, right? If I take that 339,000 number, where did those jobs come from? Um, they were usually when we've seen these big numbers, we've seen them in low-paying job areas. Not true this time. Job growth in May in 
private education and health sector, 97,000 jobs. 64,000 added in professional and business services, including, for the first time in several months, an increase in temporary help employment, which is something I use as a leading indicator. When you're going to the when you're going to the temp sector to find workers, it usually means that you must have more things for them to do. Although, very interestingly, to com- contrast that, the average work week that workers had fell by a tenth. So we're adding a lot of workers, but at the same time, the amount of work that each worker is doing actually went down just a little bit in in May. Um. You can look at uh, you can look at twenty six thousand jobs added in goods production sector. Okay, that would that would be twenty five. That's that that's then twenty five thousand in construction, thirty seven thousand in trade and transport. Those are th- those are big numbers relative to their size. So yes, leisure and hospitality went up, and usually when leisure and hospitality goes up, you tend to think that means that we're going to see an increase in employment, but not a big increase in wages because that composition, those are lower paying jobs. But indeed, average in earnings only went up by about, only went up by three tenths of percent and are up 4.3% over the last year versus 4.4% year over year back in April. So that's come down just by a little bit. Okay. Where have we had economic weakness? Manufacturing. That's been a story throughout 2023. It lost 2,000 jobs in May. The information to tech sector, information workers, 9,000 fewer jobs in that sector. Okay, these are the numbers that have been highlighted by layoffs at numerous uh, tech businesses over the first part of 2023. Okay, so... Leisure and hospitality up, yes, but 48,000 relative to the numbers we've had earlier in the year is actually not that, is not that big a number. Um, retail trade jobs, yep, they were up, but 12,000 is fairly small. It's a relatively insignificant part of that. Look, if it went up by 339, I want to go back and quote to you again. Here's where the numbers were for the last three months. After revision, March employment two hundred seventeen thousand, April unemployment April jobs jobs number plus two ninety four, and then three thirty nine on May. You cannot have a slipping economy when you've got three months in a row with over two hundred thousand jobs added per month. That is such a such a significant number. Okay. Uh, that you just you just can't you just can't come to a conclusion that these data demonstrate that we're heading into a recession. And indeed, uh, David Kelly reacting to these this on uh, CNBC. He's uh, he's an economist at J.P. Morgan Chase, and he had this to say: Cut seven, please, Spencer. It's part of an evolving story. I think uh-huh. I think the odds of a soft landing are going up. 
Uh, it is a very mixed report. I mean, we lost 310,000 jobs, according to the household survey. We gained 339,000 jobs, according to the payroll survey. But to me, the, the tiebreaker here is wages. Average hourly earnings only up 4.3% year over year. You go back March of a year ago, it was 5.9%. So what we're seeing is we're not seeing much wage pressure out of this tight labor market. That gives the Federal Reserve a chance to, to uh, take its time here. And, and that taking its time means that we can expect there to be be a lot of, there's a lot of trying to read into this. Does this mean the Fed's going to raise rates or not raise rates? It's very interesting. We'll, we'll talk some about this maybe in the second hour about sort of a lot of signaling coming out of the Fed. I'm actually not playing any of the, of the, of the audio of this, but we've had reports this week where you had Fed chairs and Fed governors out trying to signal what their plans are. You had Loretta Mester out saying, saying she thinks we've got to we've got to raise rates. This this, and then you had uh, uh, Philip Jefferson, who's about to be the vice chair of the Fed, say he thinks uh, skip, not pause, but skip is the best plan. And then uh, um, uh, Philip Parker from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve saying exactly the same thing on the same panel they were it was almost as if they were reading each other's notes and i think no matter what you thought about what monetary policy is going to do in a few weeks you can find whatever you want to support in this in this piece and i'm telling you right now i think the fed is split i don't think i don't think there is a lot of I don't think there's a lot of unanimity in the room about whether to raise rates or not raise rates. I don't think skip is skip might be the majority opinion, but it's very possible you're going to get one or two uh, people disagreeing with the skip uh, if that's what they do. And if you do raise rates at this next meeting, a markets are going to be very surprised on the one hand, and and. On the other end, I do think you would get a dissent in the other direction from somebody else were it to turn out that that you decided on basis of uh, on the basis of these data from this report plus whatever comes in on the CPI report. I think they're now stuck with having a with having what's likely to be a a divided FOMC when they meet in about two weeks, about 10 days from now. So I think, so we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into each of the sectors on the payroll survey. I want to talk a little bit more about that, but really the interesting thing and what I ended up saying was the tiebreaker for me was not the payroll survey. It was from the household survey which is considered more negative since the unemployment rate went up. But on the other hand, even though the unemployment rate went up, I actually think it went up for for actually very reasonable reasons, uh, very reasonable uh, um, causes. And I, I think we should take heart from the fact that the unemployment went up rather than being discouraged by that. We'll talk about that and more after these messages. You are listening to The King Banging Show on The Biz 1440. From South St. Paul to Southeast Asia, and Little Canada to 
regular-sized Canada. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. It takes teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help. When you see snowplows at work, slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. Avoid distractions and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. The Ramsey Show. Right now, my wife and I, were scared. Take her hands in your hands and go, okay, we're doing this together, and we are not going to let this take our marriage. And as a matter of fact, it's going to make our marriage stronger. And hold on tight. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. Welcome back, King Bang Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening today on a job Saturday. Uh, it's going to give you the phone number, but I'm actually I'm actually at, at something else right this moment, and you're you're hearing my disembodied voice over the airwaves. Uh, so let's let me go one more time through each of these job sectors just to identify where the growth happened and where the growth is not happening. Uh, again, in in leisure and hospitality, which has been those low sector jobs, they've been raising by just a little bit each each uh, month by about forty to fifty. We were at forty eight thousand this month versus a revised thirty thousand in April uh, and forty six thousand in March. Um, 
on CNBC before the jobs numbers came out, uh, uh, Squawk Box was interviewing a fellow named uh, uh, Cameron Mitchell. He runs uh, a set of, uh, a, a bunch of restaurants, high end, low end, so forth. I'm going to talk. I'm going to use him to talk about inflation in the next hour because I I find what he had to say quite interesting. But he was asked about their ability to hire workers right now. And I thought this was interesting, too. Let's play cut number four, please, Cam. Uh, Spencer. Well, wage inflation is still very much with us. We're up 7% year-to-date on our hourly and manager wages. Um, the one thing we do have in our favor right now is cost of goods is starting to decline. Um, and then the staffing itself, we're definitely back to pre-COVID levels. Um, and it was a silver lining for the restaurants industry, I think. To wages have increased tremendously, and we're we're on much better competitive footing, if you will, with other outside industries. But um, interesting, we're opening our Las Vegas restaurant. Just got back from orientation there uh, yesterday. We hired 180 uh, new employees, and we had 4,500 applicants, which I had not seen for years. That's. That last piece was the one that that I was like, "Whoa, we have to we have to save that." Forty five hundred applicants for for one hundred and eighty positions. That's pre pandemic stuff. And I think in general, the restaurant industry is moving back into that pre pandemic situation. I'll go back to something I said to you last week here on the Biz fourteen forty, um, it which is we are beginning to reach to levels of employment that we haven't seen before. We actually saw, I'll talk about labor force participation, actually hit a new high, um, or new high since way before the pandemic. Um, I'll talk about that in a bit. But the reason for that, I believe, is that the level of savings that people have had to live on from all of the, all the, checks that poured in from the CARES Act, from Carissa, and then from the American uh, the American Recovery Plan, those monies are beginning to run out. I, I, argue, I was looking at an estimate the other day that said the peak level was about almost $2.5 trillion, of which there's probably only about $600 billion left. Well, of that $600 billion, how much of that do you suppose is in the hands of restaurant workers? I'm going to say next to none of it. I'll bet that most of those folks have run through their money. As opposed to people who might still have that excess savings, who've had the ability to work from home or otherwise have jobs that were not impacted by the pandemic, as opposed to restaurant workers who have had a really tough go of things. They went through their savings. They had to put up with all these additional regulations in order to serve food as we misunderstood what needed to be done to serve people safely during the during and after the pandemic um and i think they got out of there so i think people have come back into into that area um but the but if i dig around in the other data on on that so i look at that legion hospitality data and i think that that's an important number the other one i'd mentioned Temporary help services up 7,700 workers in May after being down 6,900 in April and 3,300 in March. So a little turnaround there, but that's only one month. We don't know if it's going to continue. Manufacturing down 2,000. It was up 10,000 in April, 
down 12,000 in March. So over the last three months, manufacturing has lost a small fraction of jobs. And construction, here's the one that's really, I'm scratching my head. I, if you could see me on radio, you would see me actually with, a, with a, an index finger and fingernail working my scalp because I've been trying to figure this out. 25,000 jobs added in construction and 13,000 in April. March had a decline of 9,000. So you've added more than 30,000 jobs in construction with interest rates like where they are now. How does that work? Why are we adding that many jobs? This really is really interesting times. You still have growth in the automobile sector, added an extra 6,800 workers in this last month. So even though manufacturing was down, we are seeing we are seeing some employment in durable goods, largely out of the automobile sector. If I do, if I take durable goods, ex automobiles, I'm actually I'm actually down about 4,000 jobs uh, there, and in non durables, about 5,000 jobs. The other place where we've seen significant increase has been in hiring in healthcare and social assistance. And I would contend this is part of the normalization that's happening in that sector. You had a lot of workers who left because of the overburdening of the healthcare system in 20 and 21 and 22. There was a ton of burnout. Hospitals and 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 nursing homes, assisted living, all of those places have been adding back workers at a pretty rapid rate. 74,600 workers uh, estimated to be added in May, 69,100 in April, 55,900 in March. You can see what a big portion of that. That now is a bigger number, interestingly. That is a bigger number than the number of people being added back in leisure and hospitality um, by more than a little bit. Private education was up about 23,000 as well. These data, of course, are all seasonally adjusted uh, data. They are, they are telling us, in short, that on the employment side, you can't really get to too much other than the fact that the data are quite positive. If you look at average hourly earnings, again, up uh, 11 cents, 30, uh, uh, up 11 cents, three-tenths of percent, year over year up 4.3 percent. However, the, the number of weekly hours being worked actually fell by one-tenth of percent. So if I look at the number, if I look at weekly payrolls, they only rose by three-tenths percent rather than five-tenths percent. So as you heard uh, David Kelly say in the previous in in the previous segment that is a little bit of a help to the skip uh, hypothesis for the for the Fed at the FOMC meeting in two weeks. It is not something that would cause anyone to to get really worried. I will say, having said said that, my guess is what really turns the tide will be the CPI report next week. If the CPI report comes in, if the Consumer Price Index report comes in hotter than expected, all bets are off on what the Fed's going to do. But with these data, I kind of think that they've the ones who want to stop, and I think, in fact, that includes uh, Chairman Powell, I think they would like to take a meeting off from raising rates. But I don't think they're going to get to stop for very long. Um, so if I looked so... 
that's it from the from from the employment side, from the payroll side. I think that there's not much more there. If I just had that report to look at, I would have said, "Hey, things are things are looking um, are looking uh, really really good." But if I go over to the to the other report, if I go over to the the household survey, there I see some uh, very interesting and different numbers. Right, the the Unemployment rate was at 3.7% versus 3.4% because you had an increase of 300 and, uh, excuse me, 440,000 people who become unemployed as a result, uh, become unemployed as a, uh, as a result of a number of changes they made. The employment to population ratio, which I've always said is the one that they, you can't monkey around with it, is down one-tenth of percent. So you might wonder, well, if it's three-tenths versus one-tenth, what's really happening there? Um, a couple of things. First of all, uh, uh, first of all, the number of people in the labor force uh, rose by 130,000 out of 175,000 increase in the civilian population. Uh, that's a that's a pretty significant that's a pretty significant increase. The number of people who were classified as employed went down by 310,000. But you will see, uh, if you follow us using the hashtag PoundKBRS, I have at the top of the page right now, at the top of my Twitter feed, at Show. If you or if you just go to, just type into the search bar, PoundKBRS, you will see a graphic that I think tells you the story. And the story is what happened with the number of people who were self-employed on their own, not in an incorporated business, but just working in a different way. I think a lot of this information may, in fact, be noisy information. It could be, in fact, a reclassification of people even who were working in the gig economy, who would have been called self-employed, who've now been reclassified as employees and some of whom who then end up not working as a result because reclassifying gig workers probably leads to job loss. Um, We should remind folks in places like California or Minnesota that this might be a problem for for those workers. But we're going to talk about that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Every day. 
the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening today uh, on a job Saturday. Beautiful June weekend. Uh, hope you're able to uh, get outside and enjoy it. If you are, in fact, listening to us uh, uh, over the, uh, if you're listening to us in the garage or over the interwebs or while you're driving around, uh, hope you're having a good day today. Um we talked about the fact that the number of people who are in the labor force uh, didn't change by an abnormal amount. So civilian labor force goes up by 130,000. But one of the things you have to be aware of when you are doing a survey, uh, looking at the survey of households versus the survey of payrolls, so I'm going to talk about two or three different concepts in the way we measure these data because I think there's some, and, and I know there are people who think we do there there that are think that uh, there's there's funny business going on in the reporting of these data. I don't think there's funny business in here at all. Indeed, I'll play I'll play a little something for you to indicate someone else that felt the same way I do. I don't I don't believe it. Um, I think I've been pretty clear about this through the years. I've had a few of my former students end up working in agencies where they do counting, including the Bureau of Labor Statistics, including the census. Um, I don't think I've ever had anyone work for BEA, but not for lack of trying. I know we've, 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 we've sent some people to interview for them. I don't think we had any success there. But 
At least none that I can none that I can recall. Anyway, and I've been doing this now for thirty nine years. So, uh, as you can well imagine, um, you can well imagine I probably had a few opportunities in there. The civilian labor force participation rate still at sixty two point six percent. The employment to population ratio at sixty point three percent. What's really interesting. What I thought was is super helpful to understand the ratio the number of people who are um, who are uh, between the ages of 25 and 54 who are participating is now at 83.4 percent I think that number is um, that that number is pretty indicative that all of the all of the workers who were working pre-pandemic well, we can't really say that let's be more careful about this the same share of the of the uh, population of 25 to 54 year olds are working now as we're working in February of 2020 right so we're back to that pre-pandemic level if I go ahead and I look at look at uh, the differences between men and women right Men are now at 89.1% of prime-age males are working. The highest numbers you can find going back pre-pandemic would put you around 89 and 77.6% of uh, prime-age women are working, and that is a high that goes back to the great financial crisis. That goes back to... to that goes back to 2007. Those numbers are very large. But so how could it be that you got all this labor force participation? Well, we know, right? First of all, if I have a higher labor force, a higher labor force participation, if I don't change the number of jobs out there, I'm going to I'm not going to see uh, a major change in uh, I, I, I'm going to see in fact an increase in the unemployment rate. Because workers who leave, uh, who enter the labor force from doing something else, are going to instead are going to then raise the unemployment rate. But there's something else going on in here, and to do this, I actually uh, tweeted at you in the last ten minutes or so a uh, a picture of a chart that I've been looking at. That's in the supplemental data that comes with the, with the uh, current population survey, and that is looking at the number of people who are are self-employed workers. Uh, you know, it'll say self-employed workers unincorporated, and you'll see I've circled the number you want to look at, and I've circled for you the number of uh, uh, the number for uh, wage and salary workers. Looking at the number in in uh, in private industries, if I look at the private industries number on a seasonally adjusted basis between between February of twenty three and May of twenty three, that number has gone up by one point one million. So rather than contradicting, rather than contradicting the numbers from the payroll uh, survey. It in fact confirms what it says in the payroll survey, right? Rather, what really changed instead was the number of people who are listed. And this is the second set of numbers I circled, starting with the nine thousand three hundred thirty-eight 
going to 8,731. That's actually 9.33 million or 9.34 million does 8.73 million. That's the number of people who are self-employed, unincorporated, meaning that they are either sole proprietorships or they're in a they're in an unincorporated they're unincorporated but maybe in a partnership uh, of some kind. Um, if they're in that status, it looks like you've had almost 600,000 fewer people. That's a drop of about 7% in three months of people who are self-employed. Now, when I leave the self-employed and I go into the private households, that will make the number of payroll employment go up faster and but not change what's going on here because you're just sorting from being self-employed into working for government or into working for the private for private sector. Indeed, there's been no change in wages salary workers in the public sector. It has simply been in the private it's simply been private sector uh, it, that where you've seen that that increase happen. Um, so with that change, you can see all right with that 1.1 million, that somewhat confirms the information we're seeing from the payroll survey. So the divergence of the two reports, not entirely. Okay, this isn't this isn't the entire set of changes that's happening, but I think a major piece of this is the fact that people who are self-employed are leaving self-employment and returning to working for someone else. Why is that important? Because what causes you to get you know, what caused you to become self-employed in the first place may have been may have been you lost your job and you couldn't necessarily find something else, or you decided that working for yourself was a safer opportunity. You wanted to work from home. You didn't have a work from home opportunity with your current employer back in 2020 or 21. So you said, no, you know what? I'm going to work for myself. That way I can work from home. I can have that experience. That is, people are actually turning around, going back into the, going back into the, into the labor market, working for wages and salaries instead. Um, I think Jan Hatzi has picked this up very well. Indeed, I heard him before I found this chart because he was referring to this, and I want to play these. He was He's a chief economist at Goldman Sachs, and he was on CNBC uh, Friday, and he had... Let me, let's play both of these cuts uh, from him. First, cut number five. It's a bit noisier than normal, I would say, because you had a lot of strength in the establishment survey and a big drop in household employment and also some weakness in the in the work week but if you cut through the noise i would say it's a strong report it shows that the labor market continues to make progress it suggests that we're still getting the benefit of increases in the labor force and it shows that the economy is currently at least nowhere close to recession and then and and let me follow that up with this cut number six please I think you can because the drop, the drop in the unemployment rate was really driven by a decline in self-employment. And, you know, I do think that this can be quite noisy. If you look at the household survey adjusted to the definitions of the establishment survey, you actually got a healthy increase uh, in household employment. 
So if you look at that chart that I've tweeted to you at using at using the hashtag pound KBRS, you will see it having been posted about 15 minutes ago. Um, you will see that if you look at that line, self-employed workers unincorporated, both for non-agricultural industries, there's a separate smaller number for for agricultural and, re- and related industries. What you see is that that number has dropped. And when he says you want to include just those areas where where you're using the definition, you're using the definition that is used by the that is used by the uh, uh, establishment survey, the payroll survey. You want to look not you want to look then at the number for that that 148 to 149. That is closer to, it's not identical, okay, he overstated that. It's not identical to what's in the house, in the payroll survey, but it's a much closer definition, and it's pulling out that 8, 9, 10 million people who are self-employed. And, and so, and so I, think, I think that's why that drop, much of which, I mean, it dropped by uh, 369,000 workers uh, just in the month of May, in terms of self-employed people who have now left self-employment, I think that's a pretty strong piece of evidence that that perhaps the the household survey is the one that's giving us a little bit is giving us perhaps a less reliable signal, and maybe some of that unemployment rate is it really an un, is it really a sign of weakness in the labor market. We'll be back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. 
Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit My Three Quotes online. That's My Three Quotes. From Zumbrota to Zambia and Detroit Lakes to some lake in Detroit, we're where you are. Stream Twin Cities Business Radio anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banging Show, The Biz 1440. You know, I've in my in my head lately, in my headphones lately, I have had a ton of progressive rock in my, in my in, on my on my uh, iPhone. I am not sure how I queued that stuff up, but every time it wants to play music, it's bringing up something like that. Um, six five. Oh, I'm giving you the phone number, but we're not here, so right now. So we just want you to want you to just uh, continue to listen here to the Biz fourteen forty, the King Banyan Show. Uh, and, and follow us again on uh, Twitter using the hashtag #PoundKBRS, which uh, you'll find things. We've even put some things up there uh, going up during the show this morning, so that you can find them, uh, and 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 we can talk about them. Uh, I wanted to play this as well on Bloomberg uh, on on Friday. Uh, Jeff Rosenberg, who's an economist uh, and market strategist for BlackRock, in I will tell you, between Jan Hatzius at Goldman Sachs and Jeff Rosenberg at BlackRock, every time I get a major report on jobs or inflation or GDP, I'm, I'm spending time looking for, looking for clips of them because I'm usually, I'm usually thinking they're going to give me some really interesting stuff. This was almost a, a two-minute uh, riff by Rosenberg at one point, and I was I, and uh, I gave uh, Spencer a rather hard task to cut this up, but I thought, I thought, I thought his observations here were just so interesting. So this was on Bloomberg uh, surveillance on Friday morning after the jobs report. Jeff Rosenberg cut eight. What today's labor market report sort of says is, where's the tightness? Uh, you've raised interest rates 500 basis points. We're still delivering 300 base, 300,000, over 300,000 jobs. So the disconnect here is that you're not really seeing the slowing in the labor market. Where you're seeing the slowing is in the goods-producing part of the economy. And the split in the outlook is goods and survey-based data on goods is, is at recession-type level. But uh, uh, services are, are holding in just fine. And, and I'll... If you look at private service producing employment, 176 in March, 225 in April, 257 in May. All right. If if the Fed believed that they were actually tightening the labor market with their actions, 
you probably shouldn't see this. So yes, on the manufacturing side, I gave you these numbers before, minus 12,000 in March, plus 10,000 in April, minus 2,000 in this report in May. Uh, particularly on the non-durable side, you've actually had three months in a row. People are not out buying trinkets, although they are buying cars. Okay, there's still pretty good evidence that there's there's car there's there's employment in the auto industry. You've got backlogs uh, of cars that are taking weeks. I just experienced one myself. I bought a new vehicle last month, and um, and it took it took almost two months for it to arrive. Uh, from the time I asked for it to the time, and it took about a week to find the one I wanted, and then took another two weeks for them to actually build it, and then it would, took about four to five weeks for it to get there, right? The, manuf- the, 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 the auto industry is working pretty hard right now, and, and they've added just, but otherwise, no. Let's go back to Jeff Rosenberg again. Cut number nine. Andy said earlier, you know, you got to look at the details. One of the details that sort of sticks out here is a turnaround in the goods producing areas of the economy in terms of hiring. That's a little bit worrisome for the Fed and the inflation because all the disinflation's coming from the goods. And so if goods prices are stabilizing and goods hiring is increasing, which is what we see in this report, then, you know, you may have the consensus outlook here, which is focused on these NAPLM surveys, the PMIs, we got it earlier, the isms, you know, collapsing into recession levels, that may just be a nominal effect uh, and is really not telling you the story. And and for the Fed, yeah, it's a pause uh, or a skip. Sorry, it's a skip. And then, you know, a couple of more strong reports. And, and, and it may not be that the rates and the real rate is as low as Williams thinks it is because you're not getting the effective tightening. And and the Williams he's referring to is John Williams, president of the New York Federal Reserve. I'll talk a little bit about that in the next hour as we talk about uh, talk about some of the signaling going back to the going back to the Federal Reserve as a result of this jobs report. But let me just let me just focus a moment more on this uh, on this again from the jobs report from the payroll survey. Manufacturing was actually down two thousand jobs, but automobiles which is a big sector it's a big sector of the of 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 the uh, hiring in the good side that was up 6800 jobs after being up 9000 jobs in in april and up 4800 jobs in march if you are in that sector you're you're seeing increased wages and so forth and that's going to percolate down through the remainder of the of, of the um, let me let me go grab the detailed sector uh, details, you're going to see increases in other sectors. So if I look at, if I look at uh, motor vehicles and parts, as I mentioned, up six point eight thousand. If I look at transportation equipment generally, up ten and a half thousand. But but that includes the six eight. That includes the six eight in uh, motor vehicles and parts. If I tip around elsewhere in that area, though, non-metallic mineral products down eighteen hundred jobs. Machinery down 2,400 jobs. Fabricated metals down 2,300 jobs. Okay, uh, semiconductors down 1,400 jobs. Okay, don't get me started on Nvidia. Uh, uh, furniture and related and furniture down 4,000 jobs uh, in the month. And these are places you know, like just to take the last one. There's third. There's 360,000 jobs in the in furniture manufacturing. 
Down 4,000 jobs means you're ticking down 1%. And if I go back to February, I'll see... Is that, is that the February number? No, that's back May 22. If I go back to May of 22, I'm down almost 20,000 jobs. I'm down almost 5... Well, pretty much at 5% down in furniture manufacturing uh, and so forth. So the automobile sector is fine, but ex-autos, everything else, kind of looks like it's really in recession. And and that looks like a pretty serious problem to me. Um, so I don't agree completely with Rosenberg about, hey, things are turning around in the good side. I'm not seeing on the jobs on the jobs front yet, but it wouldn't take much. It wouldn't take much for us to see a turnaround. And I'm, and I'm reading just out of the durables side. If durables should begin to turn back around, that would be a very that would be a very significant negative to what to this this thought of we're going to skip a meeting and maybe we're going to pause and maybe we don't really need all of these things that that we have maybe we don't need to raise rates much more because everything is kind of coming in just as we would like okay yes on the good side i would say except for automobiles but if I go to any place outside of automobiles, um, on the on the good side, it's going down. And if I go to go to other places, it's going down even more there too. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about about the reactions of the Federal Reserve, and because we got to still talk about inflation, and it has some really interesting things to say about that coming up here. King Banyan Show, The Biz, fourteen forty. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike. They'll be discussing retirement income and the taxes you pay on that income in retirement. Many retirees are shocked at how high taxes can be after they retire. Don't get caught without a plan. Al and Mike will share with you how to create a tax-efficient income strategy. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them right now at 855-231-6010. It takes teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help. When you see snowplows at work, slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. Avoid distractions and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can 
to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. I always thought that tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but Invergrove Hyundai proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. The Biz 14. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.